I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to this date in weather history for Thursday, September the 3rd. I'm AccuWeather.com's Evan Myers. The strongest hurricane of the 1935 Atlantic hurricane season formed from a slow-moving weak disturbance east of the Bahamas on or around August 28th of 1935. On August 31st, the U.S. Weather Bureau issued its first storm advisory. The report indicated that a tropical system of small size but noteworthy strength existed about 60 miles east of Long Island in the Bahamas. The depression encountered the Great Bahama Bank later that day, where warm, shallow waters combined with the storm's slow movement allowed it to intensify quickly. Early on September 1st, the depression reached hurricane status and continued to strengthen as it made its way through the warm waters of the Gulf Stream. On September 2nd of 1935, the hurricane reached its greatest intensity and made landfall later that night as a Category 5 storm crossing the Florida Keys between Key West and Miami. As it made landfall, it was packing sustained winds of 185 miles per hour. After passing the Keys, the hurricane slowly recurved northward and closely paralleled Florida's west coast. Then, the weakened hurricane made a second landfall as a Category 2 storm near Cedar Key, Florida, on the afternoon of September the 4th. The hurricane quickly weakened as it moved inland across Georgia and the Carolinas, and by September the 5th, it had weakened quite a bit. By the morning of September the 6th, the center of the storm passed again in the Atlantic near Norfolk, Virginia. It quickly regained hurricane strength and continued northeast until it became a non-tropical storm south of Greenland on September the 10th. Practically all the losses from the hurricane were suffered in Florida, with most occurring in the Florida Keys. According to HurricaneScience.org, and I quote, a swath of destruction 40 miles wide occurred across the Keys. Most structures were destroyed by the hurricane's Category 5 winds, which gusted at times to over 200 miles an hour, and the complete inundation of the islands by a 20-foot storm surge. On Matacombe Key, every single building and tree was destroyed. The tracks of the Florida East Coast Railroad, the main transportation route linking the Keys to mainland Florida, were shifted off the roadbed and completely destroyed. The tracks were never rebuilt, as the railway now terminates in Miami. Fatalities throughout the Keys were significant. At least 409 people perished. Initial predictions of the storm indicated that the system would pass through the Florida Straits and into the Gulf of Mexico. When it was discovered those predictions were incorrect as the storm was moving much slower than forecasted, forecast was modified to predict an impact on Cuba. But the true path of the storm was realized too late to allow sufficient amount of time for evacuation. And because of this late warning, many people did not leave the Keys. 
Among those who did not evacuate were World War I veterans working on a project to connect the railway to the Keys, 259 of whom perished. And that's what happened on September the 3rd. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for a brand new episode and find out what happened on this date in weather history.